0: Welcome to Worship Local, whoop, whoop. a podcast, uh, local podcast because it's Worship Local by Frontier Church. Um, I am uh, Carlos Sims Jr. I'm the pastor of community, and I'm here with my um, my, my uh, lovely.
1: Ooh, host. Lovely. lovely! I like that, dude. You Thank know, you Paul, for saying that you know, about Paul me. Paul
0: says, "Outdo one another in honor," so I'm trying to outdo you. In mm. honor right now.
1: So, I need to obey that, too. That's the problem with that command. This is, so, I have to say, and I'm here with the loveliest, uh, car, you know what I'm saying?
0: That's just my way of, like, getting, getting, um, I guess, praise from you. <laughs> Manipulating you to praise me. You got it. You this got is why, it. We need Lent. Um, why we need Lent. Why uh, we need Lent. And speaking of Lent, that's what we're going to be talking about. It's going to be introing Lent. Um, one of the things we want to do in this podcast is... But well, we want to do a couple things. But another thing, or, uh, let me slow down. One of the many things that we want to do is we want to talk about Lent. Uh, we also want to, you know, come back to Romans, because we're taking a break from Romans, and we want to talk about how Romans has prepared us for Lent. What else are we talking about, Cole?
1: I mean, that's it. I mean, the the great irony is that Caitlin made us this awesome pasta. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be talking about Lent and fasting and (laughs) self-denial while like indulging ourselves in Mm -hmm. awesome pasta. But yeah, we'll talk about what is Lent. Um, How is the book of Romans prepared us for Lent? Personally, what do we want God to accomplish in our lives during Lent? And if we have time, we'll kind of blast through some like common questions about Lent as a church. So that should do it, man. That should get it through.
0: Sweet. Um... Yeah. We, uh, we hope this podcast helps you worship local. You normally want me to say that, don't you?
1: Yeah, that was good, dude. Exactly. Yeah. All right, man.
0: Um, <laughs> so Lent, uh, this is your, is this your second year doing Lent or did you grow up doing Lent?
1: I did not grow up doing Lent. Okay. And so this is my second year of practicing Lent as a follower of Jesus. And in college when I was a, a little bit more self-righteous, I always used to say, I'm giving up Lent for Lent. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, that. I didn't see the point and I didn't see the purpose. And I think I was just too young and in my walk with Jesus to understand how something like this could function in somebody's life.
0: Yeah. Um, this will be my first year. And so, I'm super stoked. Um super, sorry, I'm grubbing over here. It's um, good. It's
1: so good, man. The, the, the toasted bagel going along with it. He's I am, um,
0: I am, you know, a little nervous, cause March Madness starts, you know, soon, and one of the things is like, no TV or entertainment, mm. and I feel it's dumb that like, I'm nervous about that, but I really like that's really rubbing me the wrong way. I'm just like, dang, maybe I can figure out something else to do it, mm. but then I think that I'm like, I, I probably should, uh, <laughs> I probably should do it then.
1: You gonna do it? Are you gonna do it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, I am. I'm a mm. real Christian. Sorry, that's not helpful. Um, no, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna. I mean, it's you know, it's not a performance, right? And so like, I am going to my have every intention of doing that, and I may fail, and if I do, then there's grace for that. But um, mm. mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll see, we'll see.
1: Well, let's let's just start with like a a really simple question. You know, when you look at the when you look at the makeup of Frontier Church, we just have like a, a lot of young people and like a lot of young followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And obviously a lot of us are, a lot of people are in exactly the same shoes that we are, you know, figuring this this ancient practice of Lent out. So let's just start like super simple question but really important. What is Lent? How would you how would you answer that question for our church?
0: Man, this is what I wish we had Luke here. Um <laughs> What is Lent? You know, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but what it feels like, it feels like this, like, right? It, I mean, it feels extraordinary in the sense of, like, all of the rest of our, my Christian life feels like this just, like, day in, day out. I mean, we can call it the wilderness, like this wilderness. I feel like Lent, just like all the other liturgical seasons, are, like, it's like this, like, mountaintop experience where, like, we go and we're able to, like, see the face of God. Um, Lent is different because like we're seeing the face of God but like we're seeing a, a, a the side of his face that's like beaten and bruised mm-hmm. and we're seeing like this like I don't know like we're not seeing this uh, oh, I just bit my tongue um, we're not seeing this exalted king we're seeing this beaten servant you know Isaiah Talks about like this, like the servant of God who's going to be beaten on behalf of uh, the nation, and so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's this like this time to reflect on. I mean, you say mortality. um, You've said that in our communication. I I think that's appropriate um, because, like, like Jesus, like died, you know um yeah
1: kind of sort of central to our faith it's, you wouldn't it's like you wouldn't the, think so though listening like to a the, lot of christians
0: it's like right there bro and this mm. is like um it's very important and, and you know as i think about like you know i've been a christian now um 12 years now um like I remember when I first heard the gospel, the sufferings of Christ was this thing that like my heart was like, yes, like, thank you for, you know, and I feel like I, in some ways, like I, I think I moved away from that. And so what Lent is, it's like every year, it's my first year now, but like every year it's this thing where like, it'll be this thing where I can like come back to that, you know, Mm -hmm. come back to, to that. So that's a long answer, but that's what I would say Lent is. Um, how would you answer that?
1: Yeah, that's good, man. I think, you know, one of the things you're saying in there, which I think is so good, is that this season is distinct. Right? There's, like, distinction from the rest of the calendar year. Mm-hmm. And that's good because it should feel different. That's the way that God's designed the cosmos to be, to, for there to be seasons. And mm-hmm. each season shapes us and molds us a different way. And all, you know, like the psalmist says, like, all the heavens display the glory of God. Yeah. And so different seasons tend to heighten and display different facets of God's character. That's good So that distinction piece is key because like if you're if you're cynical you might say yeah okay so this is a season for suffering shouldn't Christians always be carrying their cross? <laughs> yes. yes okay yes but okay <laughs> people should always be healthy. That doesn't mean they should be at the gym all the time. Right, There's a distinction there. Mm-hmm. You, you go to the gym. That practice helps develop those muscles for the rest of life. And so, That's really good. Yeah, Lent is like a heavier weight that develops the self-denial muscle mm-hmm. so you can flex it the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of piggybacking off what you're saying, but I don't know if you know this, but the, the word Lent technically means 40.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. In what language?
1: I think Latin. Oh, boy, I should have checked. Yeah. I read that, and that one went in one eye and out See, the other. I picked Casey. up the forty but piece. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's that's good though. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was gonna ask you what that meant. Um, I'm sure Casey Casey probably knows what that. We should get Casey. Yeah, on it's a these. yeah. We should. Yeah, yeah that'd be start. fun. That'd um, be
1: fun. Yeah. So that forty piece is really significant. So, um, if you look at the time between Ash Wednesday and first week of Lent, mm-hmm. and then Easter, it's forty days. Oh, yeah. Not technically, because um, they they don't count. Sundays, because it's, you know, Sabbath. And so, mm. historically, there's been a break in fasting on those Sundays. And so, I think it's like technically 46 days or 45 or 47 or whatever.
0: Gotcha.
1: But 40 days that aren't Sunday. Um, so, when you, when you think of it as 40, mm-hmm. uh, you're getting pretty close to the heartbeat of what Lent is. Yeah, the
0: wilderness.
1: The- yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Dang. Thomas Cranmer, an old Puritan in the 1600s, in his book of Common Prayer, he says that, historically, Lent has been the practice of 40 days of of penitence and self-reflection on mortality and sin. And that's rooted, like you're saying, mm-hmm. in uh, the wilderness experience of Jesus.
0: Dude, I think that's what, so. that's key, man, because, um, dude, I was just reading this and, um, what was I reading this? I can't remember what I was reading then, but... Like, the fact that Jesus, after he is, like, baptized and proclaimed to be the Son of Man, Mm -hmm. he goes to the wilderness for 40 days. And, um, you know, I think I've always looked at that as, like, oh, man, Jesus went to be tempted for us. But it's like, no, Jesus went to, like, fast and practice self-denial and solitude so that he could have the power to fulfill his ministry and so um, it was hard I mean he was tempted by the devil and like it says that angels had to come and minister to him whatever that means but like I think it's significant to recognize that what we're doing like Jesus partook in that in some small way Mm -hmm. and it actually empowered him to continue to go to the cross Right. so um, yeah
1: so this is super important because um, you look at the word Lent and you say, okay, it means 40. And that's represented by Jesus's 40 days of fasting in the wilderness before his public ministry. Mm-hmm. And so like just this conversation right here is kind of helping people start to get the gist of yeah. what exactly should be happening in my spiritual walk during these 40 days. Oh, man, yeah. So are you ready for this? I mean, Jesus I didn't. Pull- so. Jesus didn't. Here's the thing, though. So you say you say 40 days like Jesus in the wilderness, but then you look at Jesus' 40 days, and he didn't pull that out of his rear end. He's participating in a history of what God's people have done with the 40 days. Okay, so this is rooted back in the flood. So if you look at the book of Genesis, the flood with Noah's Ark occurred over 40 days and 40 nights.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: so... When we participate in Lent and practice self-denial, what's happening is we're going under the flood, we're going into the deep abyss of life, and we're coming out a new creation, the same way that new creation comes out of the flood. Wow. And so, you keep on looking. Our sins
0: are drowned in the ocean, that's wild.
1: Bingo, you're yeah. And so now you're starting to see it, okay? So it keeps on, let's accelerate this though. You turn to Exodus, and Moses Mm -hmm. spent 40 years in Midian, before he went and rescued uh, the Israelites out of slavery. Forty years in the wilderness to do many things. Wow. So what we're doing in Lent on, is man. we're going through 40 days in the free wilderness you, so that we can be free from our slave master. Wow. So you're starting to see how you're living into the story? Dang, this is dude, beautiful. Okay, let's keep accelerating hey, it, keep though. On, keep keep The Israelites, later on in the Old Testament, when they went to go spy out the promised land of Canaan, how long did they spy it out for? 40 days so for 40 days they're looking at the promised land psyched about how big the grapes are and all that stuff mm-hmm. and in that same way for 40 days during Lent we're spying out the promised land we got our eyes glued on the future Jesus' coming kingdom Wow. right and so like all of a sudden you see how big this story is
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but then you can continue to go Right. Israel how long did they wander 40 years here's an interesting one Goliath when he taunted God's people in Saul's army, how long did he taunt them for? 40 days.
0: Really?
1: Yep. Dang. And so, what we're doing is we're doing the 40 days where our sin taunts us before the truer and better David kills the truer and better Goliath. Wow. You know, and so it's 40 days leading up to this big victory. Of Jesus, and so it's just shaping us in the story of God.
0: Dang, it's dude. so
1: sweet, dude, right? That's
0: so legit. Um, dude, guys, guys, that dude, man, I mean, he's not a dude, but you like, <laughs> know, you're right, right. Uh, he's like, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. he's know, without it's complica- gender, it's complicated. Right. he's without gender, yeah. yeah. Right, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that's actually true. He, well. Right. well Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. we're going off topic. So
1: your systematic theology will say that, right? Yeah. But he obviously he took on flesh in yeah. the incarnation and he was the man Jesus Christ, yeah. but God is without body.
0: Um Yeah, man. That's huge. That's huge. I I think that's why like it's important for us even to to think about lent and to practice it because it pulls us into the meta narrative of of scripture, and it forces us not to just be old or New Testament Christians. It forces us to be biblical Christians mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like connect our history. I mean, it goes back to our we want to be our grandchildren's church. Right. It connect like if we want to be our grandchildren's church in the future, we got to connect ourselves to our grandparents, our, our spiritual grandparents in the past. And so, um yeah, this is good. This is good.
1: Yeah, and so this is really important to get because. Um, so if you are cynical about Lent, you're probably cynical about Lent because you've never seen in your Bible a commandment that says, "Thou shalt practice Lent," and that's true. Like I actually, I actually do believe that Lent is optional. Hmm. Um, but I don't believe it's like a pagan practice just because it's not explicitly commanded in scriptures. Mm -hmm. Instead, what the church has done is they've looked at this overarching story in scripture and they've said, what's the most helpful and best way to live into that story and to embody it? And so I don't think anybody's conscience should be bound. Like I have to practice Lent or I'm not a good Christian. But I also want those people to know that there is biblical and historical precedent for why... A young church that meets in a space we rent on Sunday morning Mm -hmm. would practice this, you know?
0: Young hipster church. (laughs) Um, People say that about us, but I'm like, I don't see it. Um, Yeah, yeah. I would be wrong. I think it's
1: because you're a hipster.
0: I'm a hipster? Half cup.
1: uh, Half cup. Half cup hipster? Yeah.
0: Uh, (laughs) I don't even know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
1: so uh, we're we're hammering away at what Lent is. I want you... To speak into, how has the book of Romans prepped you for the season of Lent?
0: Oh, man. Um, I think, I mean, so there are a couple things. One, I think that, like, Paul's emphasis on, um, Paul's emphasis in, in the first part of the book of, like, really showing the Jews how, you know, like, the first five books, right, the Pentateuch, like, you guys are putting your faith in this when actually, like, you know, Abraham was declared righteous before the law. And so, like, um, I think that just, yeah, that just continuing to know that, like, um, Mm -hmm. what am I trying to say? Continuing to, like, reinforce this idea that, like, man, faith alone, you know, by grace alone, I'm declared righteous, um, um, yeah, so I, I think that Romans has prepared me for Lent in, in the sense of uh, which reminding me of the gospel, um, reminding me of like, yeah, faithful, faithful on but grace along. Um, Romans twelve in particular though has been like the the um, the climax for me, mainly because I think that like this is good. Yeah, yeah we were talking on offline like. I didn't grow up with brothers and sisters. I didn't grow up um, knowing what it means to, like, live in a, like, I know what it means to live in a family, but, you know, like, it was just me and my mom. And so, um, Paul's challenges to, like, love, I'll just read it here. Mm. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good.
0: Paul's challenges, you know, in, in verse 9 of 12, chapter 12, let love be without hypocrisy. Detest what is evil, cling to what is good. Then he says this in verse 10, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. And I think for me, man, like, I'm just going to open up here. Like, when things get hard with other people, mm-hmm. I want to leave. Mm-hmm. I want to peace out. I want to bail. I don't want to... Um, I don't want to endure, but what Paul is saying here is that no, like you're to love one another as brothers and sisters. And when I think about what does a brother and sister do, I mean I have kids. Um, sometimes they fight, and they fight hard, but they still gotta sleep right next to each other. They still gotta wake up and yeah, eat breakfast yeah. together. They still have to like ride in the car together. And so. Um, I think Lent is, excuse me, Romans is is preparing me for Lent because it's teaching me that, like, I can't be a faithful Christian in a bubble.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Like,
0: I have to practice my faith with other people. Um, And I, I, I think that, like, the communal aspect of Romans 12 is then, like, I mean, I'm a little nervous about Lent. I mean, we're 36 hours in, I think, right? (laughs)
1: <laughs> um Yeah, yeah, something um, like that.
0: But the communal aspect of like us practicing this together <clears throat> coupled with those one another's from Romans twelve has just been <clears throat> I mean dynamite. It's I mean yeah, dude, it's made me just like re examine like, okay, where am I like treating other people as like idols like right what like I think there's there's I think there's something real and genuine to calling your brothers and sisters in Christ to be um, what God has called them to be like holding them accountable but then there's another aspect to where like we can look at our brothers and sisters in Christ and say you need to be what Jesus is for me mm mm-hmm. I think that's unhealthy and I think that that's just personally like I, I struggle with that so um, <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, that's how I'd answer that. So,
1: what would you say to. Well, okay, let me back up. Yeah. Do you think this desire to. This inclination to bail when things get hard? Do you think that this is a Carlos thing, or do you think this is like an entire generation of people thing? Um,
0: um, I mean, I think it's a generational thing. I think that. Mm-hmm. we're super individualized like we're marketed to be individual be your individual self i definitely think it's a carlos thing cuz i'm enneagram 4 and we're literally titled the individualist <laughs> yeah, yeah which i think is a terrible name cuz we're not individualists we're just like unique and we have an emotional range that sometimes is overwhelming for people and overwhelming for ourselves anyway um um but I do think that, like, <clears throat> yeah, to answer your question, I do think that, um, I do think it's a <clears throat> generational problem. I just think it's, I think it's an American problem. I think it's a Western problem. Um, um, I don't think that this problem is <clears throat> as big in, in most, like, warm cultures where, like, it is community-driven and, like, um... But I do think, like, in Iowa, yes, where we are, I think that um, we are, we just tend to, like, yeah, we're prone to, like, when things get hard, like, let's bounce, like, it's about me and my happiness when, like, you know, the greatest commandment that Jesus says is, like, Love God with all your heart, love your neighbors yourself, and it's just like you can't do that without other people. Like you literally cannot obey the greatest commandment without someone else. So,
1: yeah. Whether that
0: be another person or God, so.
1: Cause so I agree with you. Like I do think the desire to bail when things get hard that seems to be a problem for our entire generation. Mm. Um, right, deconstructionism. People experiencing relational hardships and then mm-hmm. deconstructing and throwing away their faith entirely. Because of the the sins of other people. Hmm. I think that's one example. Yeah. Um, the way that church membership is in decline and people don't want to commit to a yeah. local body. I think that's another. And I, I don't want to be hard on anybody. I know that there's a lot of reasons why people would be deconstructing and yeah. a lot of bad experiences. And a lot of you should be, should be very slow to becoming a member at a local church. And that's really healthy. I'm just saying I see the patterns, you yeah. know.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a difference between like I think what we're seeing as a whole as a culture as a whole is I don't think that we're actually seeing true deconstruction. Because I think deconstruction is healthy as long as there's a reconstruction period.
1: Yeah, I'm a Protestant, yeah. right? I mean, my entire theology <laughs> is based on Luther who deconstructed with 95 theses yeah. what the Catholic Church was doing wrong. Yeah. And so I'm I'm a fan of deconstruction when there's reconstruction based on the Bible in its place. Exactly, Um,
0: but yeah, I think you I think you're spot on, man. Like there's just like oh man, like the church wasn't this for me. Like that's balance, man. I mean, I was tempted with that. Like Mm -hmm. we left to go try to do ministry, and then crap hit the fan. And I mean, I was just saying this in the elder meeting right before this. Like I was like, I don't know if I want to do this again. I don't and by God's grace, like, I'm here, you know, and I feel like my faith, my, my relationship with Jesus is stronger than it's ever been, but um, I do think that, like, it's a real temptation and Lent, what Lent does is it forces us to stop, examine the cross, and examine the fact that Jesus did not bail.
1: it's mm, exactly right, yeah.
0: Like, Jesus did not leave. When things got hard. Like you said in your sermon on Sunday, like, he paused and he waited. Lord, take this cup from me. And he waited. But, nevertheless. You know, like, that, dude. Nevertheless. This is hard. Mm -hmm. Like, community Mm -hmm. is hard. Church is hard. Winter is hard. Like, I feel isolated. Yet, nevertheless. Yet, not I. Like, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because it's, it's just, yeah, that's a good point because it's just interesting because you look at a lot of guys our age and it seems like when they come up against hardships and relationships, they say, oh, there's nothing here for me anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Um, as, a, as a dad, men are doing that right now. Mm. Um, as a friend, people are doing that right now. Um, in marriage, people do that. They mm-hmm. come up against hardship and they say... There's nothing more for me here. Mm. But when you read Romans, it seems like Paul is saying, once you come up against relational hardship, Paul seems to be saying, you're just getting started. <laughs> right, and let, let me let me qualify this a little bit. Okay? You just
0: opened the door. It's a whole house. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, welcome
1: to relationships. And let me qualify that. Like, I'm not talking about, I'm just, I'm, we're talking about yeah. relational hardship. Yeah. We're not talking about spiritual manipulation or, or abuse. spiritual yeah. abuse. You need... Yeah. You need to get out of those toxic relationships. It's there's no virtue in staying in those. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about relational hardships. Like so, if you look at what's happening right now in the Book of Romans, it's it's a well documented historical fact that mm-hmm. the the Jewish folks were kicked out of Rome for a couple years, and they're coming back mm-hmm. um, and they're experiencing Gentile leadership, and all of the houses churches that that the Jews planted. And so there's all this, it seems to be this conflict happening. Yeah. And you can read it throughout Romans because in Romans 12 through 16, on four different occasions, Paul's main repetition is welcome one another to the table. Yeah, And that commandment is present there because they're not doing that. Yeah, And so Paul seems to be saying when stuff hits the mm. fan relationally, you're just getting started. It's not over.
0: Yeah. And I think that's huge, man, because like, I mean, for everything you're saying, but even at a practical level, like, like we struggle with this, like, with with people that who are, like, who share our same quote-unquote affinity group. Yeah, yeah, And then you think about the Bible's commands to go reach every nation, tribe, and tongue, make disciples of all nations, <laughs> and you're like, I don't even like these people that look like me. Right, like, you can't, you <laughs> can't
1: even do it when somebody accidentally slept in. I know. And didn't like, get coffee with you.
0: So, oh gosh, yeah. So yeah man that's what I'm what, what are you learning what what has Romans prepare you for it
1: do yeah, I think it's perfect right so yeah. depending on the academic most academics think that Romans is primarily best understood as three different parts some argue for four I think that's great but most academics see Romans uh, 1 through 8 as part 1 mm-hmm. right Paul's defense of the gospel Romans 9 through 11 as part 2 Paul's understanding of where Israel fits into the church and then Romans 12 through 16 as part three instructions for how to be a church. Yeah. And so we just started part three and part three, like Romans 12 verse one opens up with what?
0: Uh, therefore. Oh, I'm getting this confused. With yeah, the
1: offer yourselves yeah. Offer yourself. Offer yourself. Yeah. As a living sacrifice, you know, a pleasing aroma to God. And so in my understanding of part three of Romans uh, chapters 12 through 16, that's the nail that the whole picture hangs on.
0: The whole picture of Romans? Yes.
1: And well, specifically 12 through 16, Okay. all of Paul's instructions for how to be a church oh, and yeah, how to yeah. be in relationship and how to do church. It all hangs on mm-hmm. be a living sacrifice. Hmm. And so uh, it seems to me that theologically speaking, you can't be in relationship with other people and you can't love people if you're not a living sacrifice. Hmm. So Lent is all about sacrifice,
0: fasting,
1: offering, becoming a living sacrifice. And so I think it works like perfectly with where we're at in Romans, you know? Yeah,
0: thinking about like us this week, we're giving up social media and it's like, touching the nostrils of God and he's just like ah yes (laughs) yes yeah yeah you know and the angels are like pray like that's great man um I haven't thought about social media fast like that
1: yeah and it's not it's not because we believe in some medieval concept that our works can atone for our sins Mm. right we're bible people we're romans people we believe that we're saved by grace alone through faith alone apart from works of the law so it's not because we think that somehow that can atone for our sin we literally think it has the power to shape our souls into living sacrifices so Mm -hmm. that we can actually be in relationship with each other so giving up social media is not a way of atoning for your sin it's actually just becoming a better friend (laughs) dude you know like it's it's teaching you how to take the things that are fine and good and oh. let go of them.
0: Yeah, oh, it's just so good. Just let man. go. I text you Sunday night. You remember I text you Sunday night? Yeah, I do. It's because yeah. I opened up Instagram. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, uh, I wanted yeah. to text you anyway, yeah. but it was just like, oh, crap. It's like two hours into this thing. and I, Yeah, so, swing and a miss. <laughs> um, but like, even that swing in the mist though, it's just like... When I was typing it, I was like, Man, like, I really do feel this way, and this is good for me to communicate that. And it is a fragrant offering to God, so yeah,
1: yeah, you know, uh,
0: that's man, yeah.
1: And social media is good, like, it can be used for lots of good things. Yeah. God's not angry about social media, um, and yet, uh, we can. Hmm. Abuse social media the same way that people abuse really good medicine, yeah. you know, like medications and mm-hmm. medicine is a good gift from a loving God. He works mm-hmm. through doctors and he works through people. Um, and those things bless us when they're properly administrated in <laughs> yeah. proper doses. Yeah. And um, we have the tendency to take even good things like that and become addicted mm-hmm. to them like yeah. social media. Um, I was watching, Who okay, Rob Lowe. You a fan of Rob Lowe? Uh, Chris Traeger on Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And the Outsiders. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Oh, the the old movie. Outsiders? Yeah, yeah. Okay, he was yeah.
1: childhood star.
0: Oh, was he in that movie? Yes. Okay. All right.
1: That's so, these in that. so the interviewer is sitting. He's sitting across the table from Rob Lowe. Uh-huh. And Rob Lowe is in recovery from uh, alcoholism and addiction to various drugs.
0: Oh, really? Was
1: this this interview happened a while ago? Okay. But the interviewer says, it was so arrogant. The interviewer says, you know, I've interviewed multiple celebrities on this very topic, and you know, no one can tell me why somebody could have everything they want and achieve celebrity status and still turn to drugs. And Roblo cuts him off. And he says, that's easy. And he said, oh, okay, then why don't you go on and explain it? And yeah. Roblo said, that's really easy because people are born empty. And they do whatever they can, and they make all of their plans to try to fill that void in rather than face that void. And what happens when you become a child celebrity like me is that you achieve all of your goals and all of your dreams and all of your Mm -hmm. satisfactions really, really early in life. You get to the top of the mountain, and you see, oh, my gosh, none of that filled my void. Wow. Ergo, you turn to drugs and alcoholism and nihilism to try To try to satisfy the void rather than facing it. Face the void. And in in Lent we say no to our addictions and we face the void. Yeah. We look in we look into the tomb. We look into the belly of the whale. We look into Mm. the wilderness. We we look at Goliath. We look into the flood. And we wait for God to fill the void with the resurrection.
0: Yes. Dude, drop the mic.
1: Dude, I just like, I just, drop the mic. when I watched that interview, I was like, oh my gosh.
0: Wow, is Rob Lowe a Christian?
1: Should be, man.
0: That dude is speaking with some clarity. Right? Gosh. I don't even know what to say after that, dog. Face the void.
1: It's why for people who experience alcoholism, um, their their biggest triggers, I read, wasn't um, withdrawal. Mm-hmm. So uh, withdrawal symptoms isn't what makes most alcoholics turn to mm-hmm. alcohol again and relapse. And it wasn't uh, pause, post-acute withdrawals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But for the majority of alcoholics, what makes them turn back and relapse to alcoholism, even if they get healthy, is the intolerable boredom of life wow <laughs> boredom is the trigger oh, the void the silence Jeez. what feels like meaninglessness mm-hmm. what Christ endured in the wilderness I know. and in the tomb
0: Sheesh.
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh gosh <sighs> The thing that we're afraid to sit in right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <The> <laughs>
0: silence. Like. Oh. Gosh, let that breathe for a second. Oh.
1: Gosh. So we're just starting it, right? We're just in the wilderness, but like, is there anything that you want God to accomplish in your life during Lent?
0: Um, I mean, yeah. The, the Romans 12 thing of just like... Staying and sticking power, and not just like even location wise, but just like relationally like investing and can, like I want God to make, I want God to make me the type of person that continues to move forward toward people. Um, so that's one. Um, and I think like coupled with that, it's just this idea of like, I want God to slay this thing of like just... I feel at many times in my life very enslaved to um the approval of people um
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I mean there are a number of ways that, that plays itself out but I, I as I during our our um Ash Wednesday service I was just sitting back there and I was just like Lord like what do you like what do you want to do this Lent season and that just kept coming to mind so um i also want to yeah. You know, be a better um discipler of my wife um asking good questions discipling her in the word just spending intentional time with her um yeah so those, those are some of the things i want to do um i want to see the lord do and begin to birth in me so what about you
1: uh, you know, so at Ash Wednesday, one of my focal points that I felt like the Lord told me to focus on during this time was to become a more Christ-like father. Hmm. So the, the cool thing about Lent and the cool thing about Ash Wednesday is how embodied of a practice it is.
0: Hmm.
1: So, you know, when the, when the cross is drawn on the forehead with ashes, what's not happening is you're not being given new information about Christianity. Or even new truths to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about novelty. It's not about acquiring more information. Mm-hmm. What's happening is you're, you're viscerally representing with your body the reality that you know. And the cool thing about that is like uh, kids good. get that. Yeah. So Russell doesn't care about my sermons. But the cross on my forehead for him was like, what is what is that? I want to know about that. And so that preaches to him in a way that yeah, some works. other things don't. Mm,
0: that's good. Yeah.
1: Wow. So that was a big moment for me when Russell and Della were like so ant. Am- like Russell kept his cross on his forehead for like three days.
0: Yeah, our kids did too.
1: You know, they like did. it was just like day three. Like it was just like a shadow of a, a oh. cross there. Oh,
0: gosh. Oh. That's uh, good. The shadow of the cross. Uh, that's a new, that's I a mean, new. Yeah, dude. That'd be a great service here.
1: So it seems like a really good uh, discipleship for kids season. Mm. And so I started thinking more about how it could help me as a as a father. And I started getting really excited about like uh, week three or week four when we fast from lunch. Mm. Like I'll, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take those lunches. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set them aside. And those are da- it's dad time. That's good. You know, I'm not I'm not saying no to something for the sake of to saying no to something. I'm saying no to something so that I can put on the righteousness of Christ. Yeah. Or even like uh, week five when we're fasting from dinner, um, when Chloe and I put a plate in front of Della and Russell, and we sit down at the table with no plate. Yeah. That's gonna speak to my kids in a way that my preaching doesn't. Wow. Like what, mom and mommy and daddy? Why aren't you guys eating this week? Yeah. I want to be like. It's because mom and dad want to be more like Jesus. Dang. You know, and so I think there's, like, a great opportunity for for the gospel to get into kids' DNA during this season.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good, man. What do you say to the person who, I don't know, because of, like, their health or their life circumstances, they can't do one of the fasts?
1: I, dude, I would applaud them. I would say thanks for recognizing that, mm-hmm. because there's no virtue in doing something that's foolish. Yeah, and uh, I would not ever encourage somebody who's uh, who's who has dietary restrictions mm-hmm. to go against those, mm-hmm. or somebody who's um, on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's properly administrated medication huge fan like I'm a big fan of what Jesus does through that I would never encourage somebody to abstain uh, from those things for sure and so I would just applaud them and be like if there's something if there's anything that we learn from Jesus' suffering Mm -hmm. in Gethsemane it's two things number one that Jesus has actually opposed the unnecessary suffering Hmm. because he says only if this is necessary if this isn't necessary let it pass from me so unnecessary suffering is Jesus is not a fan of that.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, nevertheless, if it's your will, and so only when the suffering is necessary, yeah, um, should it be taken on, hmm. you know. Um, and so I'd just be like, I think that's great. And then I'd also say, dude, there's a million things that you're addicted to right now. Yeah. That's not good for you. <laughs> Tailored up, man. Yeah. Yeah. Find find a way to. Practice it. You're not out on this. Yeah. Get, yeah, get in on this, sister. Dope. Get in on this, brother. So Would you add anything to that?
0: No, I think that's good. I mean, it's good. I think that, like, people should know that, yeah, like, there's freedom in this and that, like, yeah, this isn't, this has no indication of your, how God views you. Um, this and is you just don't. simply to, yeah, le- uh, lessen the gap that we feel between ourselves and, and the Lord. So.
1: Mm. That's all I got Tish Warren I was listening to a podcast With her Did you listen Did you read uh, Ordinary Liturgy Or Liturgy of the Ordinary
0: Um I She's a reverend right Or something like yeah, that
1: Yeah Episcopal priest Yes yeah, so You she's, sent me
0: a, a sermon by her last year uh,
1: That's Fleming Rutledge Probably Oh never
0: mind. Never. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking about Yeah
1: outside of our Faith tradition Lover of Jesus And okay. I'm a huge fan of them Okay um, so Tish's book, it, you, you should get it. Uh, Liturgy of the Ordinary is fantastic. Okay. Uh, but I was listening to her podcast on Lent.
0: I did read that book. It's oh, good. it's got the
1: yeah. peanut butter and yeah, jelly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's okay. Good. It's good. And she says, uh, she says, the practice of Lent is not to earn God's love. The practice of Lent is to learn how to act out of our belovedness. <laughs> I like I, I was like yeah that's yeah that's money
0: proper proper posture yeah posture yourselves properly as one who is beloved that's good mm-hmm.
1: that's good yeah yeah man so we, I mean we gotta be coming to a close on our Lent podcast are there any other questions off the cuff that you wanna fire off about Lent how to practice Lent what to get from Lent
0: Um, no, man, I just, I I want people to feel the freedom to be involved, right, and to do this and to talk about it in fighter groups and community groups, and, um, hopefully our conversation can be a model of what it looks like to talk with someone about what, like, what you're experiencing. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't have anything. You?
1: No, I think that's good, man. I like the, the talking piece. I would just love if our, our church members just talk, 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 mm-hmm. talk, talked about it. You know, yeah. every time a fast got hard, I just would hope that a church member would call me or call you or call a friend and just talk, 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 talk.
0: It's also a very mission opportunity as well. And my work, like I told my coworkers, I'm like, hey, I'm actually participating in Lent this year. So like, I'm, we're doing our church thing, but as a family, we're doing no meat this Lent. And we're trying to. And so it's just, it's just a, a really good um, opportunity to share some, you know, the uniqueness about our faith. And um, so, yeah, talk about it, not just for Christians as well. I think it would be good.
1: That's good, man. Yeah, thanks for bringing about the missional aspect. I was reading an article by Peter Lightheart earlier today, mm. and uh, he was big on the fact that he thinks that Lent was a big reason for why the church was so effective in the ancient world, at converting all of Rome and in the Western world and Dude. everything like that. Because his big thing was like, you know, Christians tend to view like Lent as like this inward focused, anti missional season. Um, but something about the inward focus of Lent on the heart actually ends up being really effective for mission.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good, man.
1: Yeah. Well, we love you I Okay, I got one more. Okay. I got one more. I'm, I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to start talking and see if I can find my words to articulate this. I'm well aware that we have people in our church who grew up Roman Catholic who had a really positive experience with Roman Catholicism. Hmm. It's great. I'm also well aware that we have people in our church who grow up in Roman Catholicism and had bad experiences, and they had bad experiences with Lent. Um, And that makes me want to say I'm sorry, and I understand why you would abstain from Lent, and I think that's a good idea to abstain from Lent. But I also want to say that even though some folks have abused this tradition, it doesn't mean that this tradition can't be used biblically and wisely and in a gracious way. So like, some people are like, what are we, Roman Catholic? And I know they're joking because everybody knows that we're Reformed and in in Protestant or whatever yeah. in our theology. And I just want to remind people that not doing something because somebody else does do it is a bad reason for not doing something. Mm. Doing something because other people are doing it is also a bad reason. Yeah. And just because one denomination... Does something doesn't mean that another can't. Yep. So just because Roman Catholics eat lunch, <laughs> Protestants shouldn't reject lunch. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Gosh.
0: Yeah, I, I, I pick up what you down, though. That's good. That's a good word.
1: But as Protestants, we will continue to emphasize gospel and grace. Yeah. And forgiveness of sins apart from works of the law this whole season. Yeah. So, I, did that come out right? I was kind of no, nervous good. about talking no, about I that. That was
0: good. I think it's good. I think that's appropriate. And, okay. Um, again, yeah, there's freedom, and uh, you were loved. So.
1: Mm. I like that. Let's end there.